Today's shiur is Nedorim Davchof Tes. We left off our previous shiur in the middle of a discussion. We had a machlokes between Barpado and Ula regarding someone who had sanctified <coughs> some saplings. And if the, uh, the term of the sanctification was Ad uh, Shiktsetsu, so the Mishnah said they don't have Pidyon. <coughs> Barpado mentioned that if a person were to be poda them, were to attempt to redeem them, they would <coughs> become re-sanctified until they were cut. Once they would be cut, so you have to redeem them once again, and then they are free of any sanctity. Ula, on the other hand, said, once they are cut, they do not need any further redemption. So we're picking up now on that point at the top line of the Apchoftes. You'll notice we have a triangle and on the side we have a mivne, a structural note, where we note that the triangle represents a ma'akav, an attempt to keep track of a give-and-take style Gemara. We are going to be starting with Kushos al-Ulah, the Haboim Hogenolov, questions on Ula's approach, and anyone that tries to defend that approach. The inverted triangle is a re- represents Shuvos <coughs> responses. You might want to note that Rashi on the Chovtes Omid Beis at the top of the Omid uh, says that uh, by the end of this give and take discussion there will remain a question on uh, Ula's approach uh, without any answer. So, uh, that having been said, uh, we might we will note also the no say the topic heading Lufi Ula, according to Ula, Kedushas Domim Poka Bichdi the sanctity which is referred to as Kedushas Domim, the value sanctity that was imposed upon these plants is capable of departing Bichti without any action. It's just an automatic departure. As we saw, once the saplings were cut, there's no need to redeem them. In other words, you have plants that had sanctity and uh, because the expression was they're sanctified until they're cut, at the point that they're cut, the sanctity disappears. That's that's the idea of poka bifdi. It just it it uh, uh, ceases without any further redemption. Lafi Rava Shemazbiras Ula, according to Rava, who will appear in our Gemara, who comes to explain Ula, Kedushas Dom in poka bifdi. Sanctity that's value sanctity as opposed to inherent sanctity that in fact departs without any further redemption and kedusha sakuf lo poka However, something that's vested with inherent sanctity that's a sanctity that's characteristic of animals that are sanctified to be offered on the altar kedusha sakuf that is lo poka that does not cease. Uh, for, uh, with naught. Something has to be done, further a redemption must be done. Lafi Abaye, we'll see in the course of the Gemara, according to Abaye Gam, Kedushas Haguf Poka Bichdi. In other words, Abaye takes issue with Rava. So the, the back and forth discussion 
you'll see continues between Abaye and Rava. Now the Gemara, the top line. Omarle Rav Hamnuna. Rav Hamnuna says to Ula, who said that once the saplings are cut, no further need for redemption. So Rav Hamnuna asks, Kedusha Shabohen Lehechan Hocha. Where did the Kedusha go? How does something go to commonality, to Hulin, without any redemption? And he embellishes his question with an analogy to a woman, a woman and marriage. Imagine a man would say to a woman, Hayom at ishti, i at ishti. A man would offer marriage to a woman, give her money, and declare, today you're my wife, and tomorrow you're not my wife. Minafka below get, would she become a single woman without a divorce document? You need to do something. Once a woman is married, <clears throat> she doesn't just automatically become unmarried because you said so. So too, with the plants, even though <clears throat> you uh, cut them, they shouldn't go to uh, commonness, to commonness, meaning... Um, uh, the the mundane departing from sanctity without any redemption Omar Le Rava Rava answers Rav Hamnuna <clears throat> you're trying to make your point with the case of the woman and the marriage how can you compare the plants which don't have inherent sanctity to something that has inherent sanctity a married woman we call marriage, using the word kiddushin, it's a form of sanctity. Without getting into all of the philosophy behind that, let, us, let it suffice to say that the woman, when married, achieves a level of sanctity that we would say is inherent. She is an aishas ish, which, which is a way of defining her inherently. Kiddushas dom in polka the thing vested with simple value sanctity, namely the value of the item, is sanctified, and that that money would be given to the base hamigdash. Something that has value sanctity, <coughs> like the plants, that departs bichti with nothing. Kedushas haguf lo Something that's vested with inherent sanctity <coughs> does not cease with nothing. Something has to be done. If it's a, sac- a sacrifice. Um, it doesn't lose its kedusha unless it develops a blemish and then it needs to be redeemed. The woman, when she is uh, married, she needs to be divorced if you want to change her status with a formal divorce document. So that was Rava's uh, response to Rav Hamluna, which in effect was a uh, defense of Ula. Omer Abaye. Now Abaye comes with a question uh, to uh, Rava. Uh, according to what you're saying, Kedushas uh, Haguf, that needs to be redeemed, or that needs something. It doesn't depart automatically. So, is, is that really so? That Kedushas Haguf uh, doesn't depart automatically? Vahatanya. We have a Tanaic source. We're going to refer to this as the Reisha. A person says, Shor ze oila kol shloishim yoim, uleachar shloishim yoim shlomim. I declare this animal, a shor is an ox, a, an ola sacrifice for 30 days, 
namely if that I bring it within 30 days, it will be brought as an Ola sacrifice. That's a type of sacrifice that's completely uh, burnt on the Mizbeach after it's been skinned. If I bring it beyond 30 days, it shall be brought as a Shlomim. The result of his declaration is, Kol Shloshim Yoim Oila, Liachar Shloshim Yoim Shlomim. If brought within the first 30 days, as we said, it will be brought as an Ola, and if not, it automatically transfers to a Shlomim. Ve'amai, well, how does that work? Kedushas Haguf Ninhu, Upoka Bechdi, it had inherent Ola sanctity, and it and it ceased automatically becoming a Shlomim. So, uh, Abaye shows Rava that even Kedushas Haguf can Poka Bechdi. <coughs> The response to that is Hocha askinon. The uh, case of the sacrifices, the Ola Shlomim deal, where it seemed that it was Pokabhti, the Omar Lidomi. The sanctification that was imposed was not an inherent sanctity at all. It was a value sanctity. The Rosh commentary, uh, you'll notice uh, in the uh, the first wide line of the Rosh commentary, I'm sanctifying this ox to bring with its value. In other words, I'm going to sell the ox and use the money to bring an olav. Uh, if not sold within 30 days, then let it sail, yield money that I'll bring with it, bring with the cash, I'll purchase an animal for as a shlomim. That which has uh, value sanctity can expire after 30 days and become, in this case, something else. The Gemara asks, well, if, uh, if Rova's response is correct, and Ihafi Amos now there's a question that we see here continues down a number of lines down Omid Bay's, as you can see we've marked it. So he says, <coughs> then state the seifah. Liachar shloshim yoim shlomim. After 30 days, I declare it to be an olah, and from now up till 30 days, a shlomim. That's the second part of the Tanaic source. So, and and by the way, you know, if he says that, uh, it will take hold. So, if you say that we just saw two examples, and one of them is an example of kedushas haguf changing automatically, which we call poka bichdi, and the other one represents a case of monetary value, monetary sanctity. We continue at the top of Omid Beis. Hainut Itzdrich Lei Latano Lemisno Tarti. I need the Tana to cite two examples. Salka the Salka Daita Chamino. Had I had only one example, I would have thought Kedushas Domin Poka Bichdi, Kedushas Haguf Lo Poka Bichdi. That only something that has value, sanctity, can expire. Uh, without anything, for, without any further redemption, but kedushas haguf could not expire thusly. 
Amtu lohachi. Therefore, Tana Tarti. The Tana teaches two examples to teach that even Kedusha Zaguf is Poka Bichti, like Abaye wanted to claim. Elohi Amris Idi Vidi Kedusha Domim. If you will, however, say like Rava wants to maintain that both are referring to Kedusha's Domim, Loma Li Lemisno Tarti. Why teach two examples? of the same thing when in fact one of the examples would have certainly been enough hashto yeshlomar mikedusha hamura likedusha kalapoka the case of the ratio where something started with a higher level of kedusha the ola is a higher level sanctity than a shlomim and we saw the ola sanctity expiring and turning into shlomim and if that is effective so Mikedusha Kalo Likedusha Chamura Tzrichalemaymar from a case like the Seifa where you're going from a low level Kedusha into a higher level of Kedusha do I need to be taught that that can happen? Certainly that would be obvious. So with this in mind we basically are attacking We've, we've, as you can see from the way we mark the Gemara, we have a, a, attacked Rava's approach. We mentioned at the beginning of this sugya that we were going to be left with a uh, refutation, we'll say, of of Ula. We, I, we have to modify what we said, but all of this is based on the Rashi commentary, and that is that with the refutation of Rava, Rava came to interpret Ula. Rava came to say that Ula uh, mentioned that Kedushas Domim is Poka Bechdi and not Kedushas Aguf. So Rava made that distinction and, and imposed that on Ula. Here we see that that distinction is uh, difficult to uh, maintain. But rather, even Kedushas Aguf is Poka Bechdi which is something that Rava had said Ula would not agree with. Now to justify our, and our commentary, we look at the Rashi, fourth line from the top, Mikadusha Kala Kloimar, Shlomim Dekalo, Mikadusha's Oila, Chichamura Mibaya. If I tell you something goes from Ola to Shlomim, so certainly to go from Shlomim up to, o, to Ola, which is more stringent do I need to be told that that would be effective certainly it's obvi- it would be obvious so why do I have to teach two cases both forms of sanctity can uh, expire without any further action and you can see Rashi says this is a refutation then of Ula. But again, it seems from the flow of the Gemara, it's a refutation of Ula as Rava had uh, interpreted him. Now, the Gemara continues. Lema tevetyufta debar pada diomar lo poka pekedusha bechdi. If you recall, the end of our previous year, we saw Barpada, the end of Daf, Chof, Chesom, and Beis. Barpada said regarding those Nitios that had been sanctified until they are cut, 
once they are cut, Barpada says you need to redeem them again, and that is enough. Ah, but he required a further redemption, and all we were dealing there, there was with simple Kedushas Domim. So our sources with the, uh, the Ola and the Shlomim would seem to be a refutation, a strong refutation of Barpada. So, should we say that we have a tiyufta, a refutation by the Omar Lopok of Kedusha Bichdi? According to Barpada, Kedusha does not expire Bichdi for naught. Omar Rav Popa. Omar Loch Barpada. Hochi Koomar. I think we should note that Rashi has a, what seems to be a different girsa in the Gemara. But if you read the Rashi girsa, and continue with the Rashi commentary, the Gemara will be a little more clear. So at this point, we have a little star that uh, dry, that focuses your attention on the Rashi. <coughs> Rashi says that uh, Rav Papa tells you that Barpada would say Chisure Mechasre Vahachi Katani. There is a the source that we read was left deliver, deliberately uh, abbreviated, and it's to be understood thusly. Ha'oimer, and we're reading in the Rashi. Ha'oimer, shor ze oila, kol shloishim yoim. Umeachshav, liachar shloishim yoim shlomim. Person declares an animal to be an ola for 30 days, and from now, after 30 days, a shlomim. The result is kol shloishim oila, liachar shloishim yoim shlomim. Since he inserted into his language, into his statement, that key word, the title of Shlomim, the name Shlomim, sets upon this ox from right now. Of course, in potential, but there is a... There's a, we'll call it a Shlomim reality that exists right now. And therefore, after 30 days, that reality can manifest itself. In this fashion, Kedushas HaGuf can, can expire with nothing further. Because he inserted that key word. If he doesn't say then If he doesn't add that term, then once you say that you want something to be a an Ola from for the for the first thirty days and afterwards a shlomim it won't become a shlomim afterwards. So now we we turn back to the Gemara uh, where Barpada uh, had made this point, and now there's the Gemara adds uh, using the Gemara text Hochi Omar Imlo Omar. If he doesn't say that, as we saw in the Rashi, then it will be an Ola. 
needy to have a similar to someone that says to a woman, be Mikudeshes to me after 30 days. In other words, he gives her money now and says, be Mikudeshes to me after 30 days. The Mikudeshes, she is married even though the money is no longer there after the 30 days. So too, with regard to the Ola, if he doesn't say uh, the fact that he says let it be an Ola now, the Ola title will remain on it even beyond the 30 days. Just like in the case of the marriage, the woman is married even though the marriage money is no longer there. We look at the Rashi, the Mikudeshes, Liachar Shloishim Yoim, the Chi Lo Omar Me'achshav Damyo, that the case that we just saw is like someone that says to, to someone regarding the, the Korban, said, I want it to be a Shlom, a, a, an Ola now, and afterwards a Shlomim without saying me'achshav, it's dam yolaho, it's com- comparable to this case, take this money, and be married to me after 30 days, the mikudesh is lacha shloshim yom, she's married to him after the 30 days, v'yafal gavnes aklu, even though the marriage money that uh, enables the Kiddushan to take place is no longer around after the 30 days. So too with our Korbanus. If he doesn't say from now, even though the 30 days of the Ola is no longer here. The Seifa of the Tanaic sources that we saw that says, after 30 days, let it be an Ola, and from right now, it is a Shlomim. The Achar Shloshim Yom Havi Oilo Poka Kedusha Shlomim. In that case, after 30 days, uh, it becomes an Ola, and the Kedusha Shlomim that was there initially departs. Afagav the Lo Omar Me'achshav, even though he didn't say regarding the Ola the term Me'achshav. That's because in the beginning, at the beginning of his statement, <coughs> he said, after 30 days it should be an Ola. That was the opening statement. Since he mentioned Ola at the very outset, it's as if he used the term Me'achshav. And and Barpada is telling us, and this is the main point, that in these cases, if you use the word Me'achshav, then in both situations, the Ola first and Shlomim, or Shlomim first and Ola, the Kedusha will expire. Bein Kedusha's Domim, Bein Kedusha's Aguf, Avol Be'alma, Afil Kedusha's Domim, Lo But in general, without inserting that key expression, even monetary or value sanctity does not depart 
automatically. The low barpada, and there is no difficulty with regard to barpada. Utyufta di ulo kaimo and the refutation of ulo that we mentioned before remains. Ulo, who had said that kedusha is poka bechdi. Barpada is telling you kedusha is not poka bechdi unless you insert the term me'achshav. Uh, I just want to just reiterate a, a detail. When we say the tiyufta against Ula remains, this is the tiyufta as far as the way that Rava had explained Ula, uh, wherein, according to Ula, only Kedushas Domim is Pokabhti, but Kedushas Aguf is not Pokabhti. Now we go back to the Gemara. The Gemara asks, Pshita. Now, in order to appreciate this question, once again, we have to refer to the Rashi and emphasize that, uh, if you recall, we inserted a Gursa that you didn't see in the Gemara text. And with that insertion, you'll be able to appreciate this question. The Rashi, Pshita Klomar. Notice the word Klomar, when that appears in Rashi, it means that we're not dealing with simple uh, uh, translation of Gemara, but we have an added explanation. The kevon de mechasris lemasnisin v'tiratsta de hachi koomar, and this is the reference we made to the chisurei mechsero text that Rashi had. Since we had to uh, add to the understanding of the original Tanaic sources and explain the hachi koomar that it means thusly shor ze oilo kol shloshim yom u me'achshav leachas shloshim yom shlomim. Once you did that to the text, and here is the point at which the Gemara text uh, kicks in, the Gemara text as we have it printed, why was it necessary then to further say, and if he doesn't say me'achshav shlomim, then if he doesn't say me'achshav shlomim lachar shloshiyomim, then it will remain an ola. Is that not obvious? Pshita. The cave on the yomar tzorich lameimar me'achshav. Since you told me that in order to have the the latter kedusha kicking in, you have to insert the word me'achshav. Memelu yodana, I would know on my own. Dim lo amar me'achshav. If he doesn't use that key expression, dim lo amar me'achshav lachar shloshim yom shlomim haveyola. So the this pshita question is directed at what we saw in the Gemara, where it said hochi koomar, uh, where we have the star. That Hachikomar line uh, is seemingly obvious. Now, let me just repeat this because it's a the difficulty of this piece of Gemara is because the, the key uh, element is really not in our Gemara text, but it, we, we try to do it by inserting the Chisuri Mechasra. As uh, Rav Papa said, that the original Tanaic source has to be understood uh, with the inserted Me'achshav. And once you understand the source with the insertion of Me'achshav, it, it's obvious then that if you don't insert the Me'achshav clause, or the Me'achshav expression, <coughs> that the first Kedusha will continue even after the 30 days. So what's the point of spelling that out? The Gemara answers, Loi Tzricha, the Hodar Bay. 
what this is referring to is where a person would say that uh, I want it to be for 30 days in Ola and then after 30 days a Shlomim Me'achshav he puts the word Me'achshav at the end what we're telling you if, here is that if you, if you do that it won't work and we, uh, in order to see this we look in the Rashi once again Tritz lo tzricha ihodarbei tihave kotoni kideko amris if the Tanakh source would have been as you said tilachar shomar shor ze oila kol shloshim yoyim tilachar shloshim yom shlomim have oila notice if he declares it in ola for 30 days then after 30 days a shlomim now there's no me'achshav here. It's an ola. And here the Gemara is adding afalgav even if he were to insert the me'achshav now since he didn't insert the me'achshav expression before the reference to the Post thirty day shlomim for lo klum komar, and it's an ineffective. Vafilu liachar shloshim yoyim oylahave. In there and in that case, it will remain in ola even after thirty days. The whole komash malon. It's the following that we're being taught. The dafka boinon shiomar betchila meachshav. The text has to be very precise. <coughs> you can say, I want it to be in ola for thirty days. And now, and me'achshav li'achar shloshim yom shlomim. That's what Rashi says. They have to say first, me'achshav kodim shem li'achar shloshim yom shlomim. Kiri al komar li'el. So that the the Gemara is being very very precise in position, the positioning of the word me'achshav, and not just any insertion wherever you like would make it effective. Just a couple moments ago, we saw in the Gemara. Uh, Rav Papa uh, explaining Barpada and using an analogy uh, to explain in the absence of Me'achshav it would be like mar- uh, giving a woman money for marriage and stating I want you to be married to me after 30 days uh, and even if the money that was there originally is no longer present, she is considered married after 30 days. So that, and that was the parallel to someone uh, vesting the animal with uh, Ola Kedusha, uh, though stating it should be a Shlomim after 30 days. No, the original Ola Kedusha will continue after the 30 days because he didn't use Me'achshav. So now the Gemara says, The analogy that the, we'll say the original uh, marriage takes effect at the 30-day mark. If you take the position, and there's a machlokes on this topic, there's a controversy on this topic, that that analogy is effective, is true, if you say that the woman could not accept 
marriage from another man within the 30 days. Let's take a look at Rashi. If she were to accept marriage from a second man within the 30 days, she's not going to be considered married to that second guy. We can maintain the analogy that we had before. That the that original Kedusha will continue afterwards. Back to the Gemara. But according to the opinion in the marriage case, that the woman who was presented Kedusha with the proposition that it will take that it will kick in uh, after thirty days, and within the thirty days, her acceptance of Kedushin from another man would be effective. Then how can the how can that analogy be made? And we look again in Rashi. If she were to accept kedushin from some other man within those thirty days, she would be considered married to that second fellow, the newcomer. How can you say the chilo omar? That if he doesn't say that the original Ola Kedusha would continue. Here you see that the that that original Kedusha won't. It's interrupted by this second man coming on the scene. So now we go back to the Gemara. Afilu even according to the opinion that says that in the case of the marriage, the woman could accept Kiddushin from a second man if it's within those first 30 days. Here in the case of sacrifices, it's different. When you open your mouth and you say, I want it to be a Shlomim, and, and, and you do not use the word me'achshav, and you simply say, and after 30 days, I want it to be an ola, a, a shlomim. Once you dedicated it as an ola, it's as if you gave it over to the base hamigdash. We take a look at the Rashi, Tritz, uh, where we left off, Rashi says, In the case of the sacrifices, if he doesn't use insert the term, It will be an Ola after 30 days. Since he he didn't act, he didn't actually say but he said I want it to be an Ola first. That's as we saw before. That's the equivalent of saying me'achshav, and he didn't have the me'achshav expression with the shlamim. The original Ola kedusha cannot expire with nothing, and therefore, because you're dealing with the realm of sacrifices, as we said before. 
your your statement, your dedication to on high, to the temple, to the base Hamigdosh, to the Shalom, is as if you formally gave it over already. It's out of it's it's locked in. It's out of your control altogether. It's locked into that uh, original kedusha of Ola. Yosef Rabbi Ovid Rabbi Yitzchok Rabbi Kamei the Rabbi Yirmiya the Kamnamim Rabbi Yirmiya. You have uh, Rabbi Ovid and Rabbi Yitzchok uh, seated in front of Rabbi Yirmiya. Rabbi Yirmiya is dozing off. Parenthetically, you can see sources in the Shas <coughs> that their their Torah learning uh, shiurim started at the break of day, at dawn, and. It would, they would have the learning sessions, the, the shiurim, the, the lectures going for many, many hours. And for, uh, for, tea, for fatigue to set in at different points in such a, uh, such a dedicated, arduous learning schedule, uh, this is only to be expected. So realize that this is uh, after... Uh, quite a, a long uh, effort of learning, as we are suggesting. So the you see Rav Yirmiyot dozing off. Yasvi v'Kamri and Oven and Rav are saying as follows: Labar Pada the Omar Padon Chayzus v'Kochus. According to Bar Pada, that says that when you redeem the uh, Nitios, they become sanctified. And Bar Pada said even after they're cut. Even though the original sanctification was, I want them to be sanctified until they're cut. Barpada says that even after they're cut, there is the need for a further redemption. So, according to Barpada, Tifshot the boy, we're at the top of Daf Lamid. Tifshot the boy, Rav Hoshaya. Let us use this information to conclude, to resolve a question that Rav Hoshaya asked. Uh, Rashi at the top line, Tipshot the boy Rav Hoshaya, Vachule Hochenami Hadab Kedushi, the Chihechi the Hosom Omar Law, Liachar Shagar Shech, Shiotsis Samir Shuso. Rashi's referring to what we're going to see very shortly in the Gemara, to a man who de- said to a woman that I'm uh, marrying you with. Uh, with, I'm presenting you with two coins, and uh, with one coin you're married now, and the other coin I want you to be married to me after I divorce you. So at that point that he does divorce her, she also so she leaves his the husband's domain. Kadesh, that she should be automatically remarried with that second coin. Uh, Barpada, nevertheless, even though the the saplings left the realm of Kedusha, his sanctification was only until they're cut. Once they're cut, they're no longer sanctified. And yet, the sanctification kicks in automatically. And, and in order to undo that, you need a second, you need a further redemption. So with that in mind, with Barpada's approach, we should be able to resolve this issue of Ravoshaya. Now, we use the Rashi simply as a platform for introducing the Gemara, and now we take a look in the Gemara itself. So let's resolve Rav Hoshaya's question. A man gives two prutas, two coins to a woman, the Yomar law, 
Biachas, and with the with one of the coins, he says, "Hiskatshili Hayom." I want you to be married to me today. Ubaachas, and with the second coin, he tells her, "Hiskatshili Laachas Shagar Sheikh." I want you to be married to me, to be remarried to me after I divorce you. Should we say, based on Barpada's analysis with the uh, saplings after they're cut, that there is a need for uh, redeeming them again? So to here, the second coin will in it will cause her to be married again. We saw already in the Rashi. What's the point of analogy? In the case of the saplings. After they were cut, they left the realm of, of, of Kedusha. And yet, Kedusha automatically set into them again by virtue of the... And we see that by virtue of the fact that Barpada says you've got to redeem them again. So to this woman, she leaves the realm of marriage at the point she's divorced. She should be then automatically remarried because of receiving that second coin. In other words, the fact that in both cases, there was a departure from the original domain. That doesn't mean that the original sanctity doesn't set in again. Isar Bahu Rav At this point, Rav arouses from his dozing. Omar Lahu. He says to them, My call, Medamisun, what are you doing comparing Podonhu, Le Podum? Achirim. We look in Rashi. Podonhu on the third line from the top. Hamaktish. The Maktish is the one that sanctified the plants. Kaidem Shinitsitsu. Khaisrois Ukadoshinitsu. When the original sanctifier is the one that is doing the redemption, they regain their Kedusha after they were cut. Since he is the one that sanctified them, even though he redeems them, they regain their kedusha after they are cut. Let's say outsiders came and redeemed these plants. They do not regain their sanctity after they are cut. In other words, the Barpada's original din of the of the plants regaining their sanctity after they were cut is only in the case where the one to redeem them before they were cut was the original sanctifier. But if the one to redeem them before they were cut was some outsider, they don't regain their sanctity after they are cut. And the Rashi goes on, The Isha Shekonsa Atzma Beget Midas Atzma The woman who had been married with the first coin and then divorced, she gains her own Bailus, she gains control over herself after she gets the get. She's in her own control. Ain't Cholin Olel Kedushin, the 
the marriage represented by that second coin will not kick in automatically. That is like the case of outsiders redeeming the plants. The They don't become sanctified automatically again. Therefore, with regard to the woman, she doesn't become automatically remarried. So we continue in the Gemara once again. Uh, Rav Yirmiya says, How are you comparing Bar Pado's din to the case of the woman? Thusly says Rav Yochanan, where the original sanctifier is the one that redeems them before they were cut, they regain their sanctity. If outsiders have redeemed the saplings before they were cut, and then they are cut, they don't regain their sanctity. The case of the woman receiving the divorce document is like the case of the outsiders redeeming those plants. And as a result of that, the subsequent uh, sanctity does not set in automatically. The halacha of automatic sanctity uh, setting in after their cut is only if the original makdish is the one that redeemed them before they were cut. However, if outsiders had redeemed the plants before they were cut, once they are cut, they do not become sanctified automatically. And hence, no need to further redeem them. With that, we conclude our shiur for today.